Welcome back to the latest episode of the Third Line Grinders podcast. Cam, did you think I was going to give a number there? Because I don't know what number we are on since we resumed, and I don't know what number we are on total, unfortunately. I stopped numbering the podcast a while ago because I figured who the hell cares. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's a very good point. Uh, Welcome back to the Third Line Grinders podcast. I am your host, Nick Gendro, and we are joined by... The one and only Cameron Pierce. I'm not going to do it in a British accent this week, uh, just because it's, I don't know. Maybe I should have, though, because of your Chelsea team, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, we can, touch, it, on, we can touch on the Blues later, but... Yeah, uh, I'll give you 30 seconds on it. Yeah, no, I don't think that... Um, <laughs> I little Just twist the knife while it's still in there, Nick. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the British accent's appropriate. This is going to be a very serious episode, I think. It's just the two of us. It hopefully will stay level-headed, uh, but there is alcohol involved here, so who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Anything can go. Uh, and let's throw it over to uh, Sonic Viradian. Oh, oh, that's right. Oh, Nick, she's, she's at a- work, right? Yeah, yeah, she had to work tonight. So, uh, uh, what? What's that? I just saw on the TV. I just saw Sonic Viridian on the on the TV at the Bruins game in the in the stands doing some weird funky dance. Yeah, she's just popping, locking, mm. everything. Mm. Funny how that works. <laughs> anyway, uh, Sonic is not here, so let's throw to eat. Oh, Ethan's not here either, so it's just me and you, buddy boy. We are gonna rock some Mexican water. Sorry, I had to do it. (laughs) There's Ethan. Ethan. (laughs) He's always with us, just not always physically. Um. Anyways, yes, we have a lot to get to, Cam. But this might be, this might be like our most straight to the point podcast we've ever had. Just because you know, you know how like how us four go, we always go off the rails every now and then. And usually for a long period of time, especially during pucking around too. So we got a lot to get to and it's just you and I baby. So let's talk some hockey. Hockey. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that was rough, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it was just like so soft, but like, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> That's how to describe it. Yes, yes. I'll go with that. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, let's just start off with the, the lead news uh, from this past week. Obviously, a lot of stuff happened last week. Teams clinching playoffs and everything like that. But let's start with what's gone on this week between the Washington Capitals, your team, Cam, obviously, mm-hmm. and the New York Rangers. Uh, they played on, I believe that was... Was that Monday night or Tuesday night, Cam? That would have been, uh, I, th- I believe, Tuesday night, but it really doesn't matter. It was a few days ago. Okay. Um, regardless of what happened, it's a 3-2 game in the second period. Uh, Cam, you might need to give me some context just like before we get into what happens, but just in general, what happens is Tom Wilson decides to take a number on uh, Pavel Buchanevich and then as well as Artemi Panarin and... I shit you not, Tom Wilson almost sent, almost like ended Artemi Panarin's life. So 
Kim, I don't know if you can give me some sort of context. If did something happen, or because I w- I didn't watch the game, but did something happen earlier in the game that forced Tom Wilson to basically pin his stick behind Buchnevich's head and then punch him while he's down? Listen, I'll be honest. I I was at work when this game was being played, so I was kind of popping in and out of the break room every little while to see it. And this is how I experienced this moment, Nick. I I was watching the game. I went upstairs to to go shut off the lights on my floor. I come back down right at the same time as my coworker, Jeff. We walk in. We see the scrum right about we're watching it here together, but we see the scrum right about the point where it's at now, now after Panarin was thrown on the ice. And I literally said, oh, what the hell did Tom Wilson do now? Not knowing at all what was happening, but I could just tell that he was in the middle of it. Sure enough, he gets dragged off the uh, floor, literally, by an official. It's like, okay, he did do something. What did he do? And quite frankly, I don't know if there was something that happened leading up in the game, uh, in the game that leading up to this moment that happened. I really think just looking at the moment in and of itself, that it's another time where Tom Wilson just completely loses his temper. And let's just backtrack a little bit before the Panarin uh, slam, we'll call it. He had Buchnevich down on the ice. Buchnevich had kind of gone into Vanacek uh, as the puck was trying to be covered. And, you know, that happens. Wilson kind of gets him pinned, gives him a little pop in the back of the head. That I don't hate. Is it okay? No. But Kim, he had his stick basically pinning him to the ice. I'm not, I'm talking about the pop to the head. That's all I'm saying. I'm not talking okay. about anything else. Okay. But the stick is underneath Bushnevich's head right there. Yes. And then he literally punches him in the back of the head while his face is on the ice. I'm not saying that it's good. I just literally said it's not okay. If that was all he did, we wouldn't even be having this conversation right yes, now. Yes. If that was all he did, you're right. We that, wouldn't, that's all we I'm saying. wouldn't even really be even talking about this. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. If that's all that happened, I don't think we'd be having this conversation at all. It'd be like, oh, Tom Wilson's just being a dick. That's all. It happens. And then the Panarin thing happens. That's where every single person in the world has to agree that the line was crossed. It. <clears throat> I like. What did? What did? Ba- oh my God! I can't stand this. Yeah, I'll get it guy. off the screen. Don't worry. This fucking guy is such a fucking piece of shit. So. First off, whatever had happened earlier in the game, if something did happen, I guarantee you it did not it did not require Tom Wilson to pin Buchnevich down on the ice while he's on his knees, keeping his stick behind his neck, forcing his face into the into the ice and then punching him in the back of the neck. But or the back of the head but like you said if that was the only thing that happened yeah you're right we wouldn't we wouldn't even be talking about this it would just be a you know there probably there wouldn't even have been a penalty no probably not it's just another scrum it was a dumb thing that starts a big altercation and that's that yeah but the thing where wilson really crosses the line is when panarin comes to his own teammates defense and tom wilson is what six five six six two forty 250 Panarin is like 510 maybe a buck 80 soaking wet and Panarin comes over to try and rip Tom Wilson off and basically Tom Wilson just grabs Panarin flips him over gets on top of him and then picks him up and ragdolls him and by like the horse collar basically like by like the back of Panarin's jersey and slams him straight down headfirst into the ice and he is so Tom Wilson is so lucky 
that Artemi Panarin's head did not smash the back that uh, did the back of his head did not smash that ice because I guarantee you he would have split his fucking head open and and blood and Lord knows what else. Tom Wilson's a very lucky man after that night oh, because yeah. if he did that, that's like basically involuntary manslaughter. It, dude, and that's where you get into the conversation with hockey in general, where it's like, man, we're letting these guys beat the shit out of each other, and it's like technically within the rules, but it's not because they get penalized. But if they did that on the street, they'd be in the back of a police car in ten minutes, you know? Of course, you know that's where that conversation is. But I just got it, that sent a legit chill down my spine seeing the replay of when I saw it the first time, seeing Panera go down to the ice, and. Listen, I've defended Tom Wilson in the past. I wasn't really coming to his defense the last incident with with Carlo. Maybe I was downplaying it a little bit, but I mean, the guy deserved to be punished there and he deserves to be punished here. I mean, if you you look at the the obviously as we covered it, the Carlo hit, he ended up serving a 7-game suspension which would have been equivalent to about 10 games if it was an 82-game season. He does this and he gets fined five thousand dollars the league maximum for a roughing call, and it wasn't even against Panarin; it was against Buchnevich. And now Panarin is out for the rest of the year. I mean, granted, don't get me wrong; the Rangers aren't playing for anything. They got eliminated from the playoffs. They're they're honestly probably better off not playing Artemi Panarin because he's their best player. He's other than Matt Zuccarello. He's their be- I mean Zuccarello, uh, Mika Zibanejad. Yeah. Um. He's their best, you know, he's like their leader, their superstar. And he's, he missed time this year with what went on over in Russia. And we covered that too, but it's like at this juncture, are you going to risk your best player getting injured or, or who's already injured now and to the severity, I'm not sure, but to like just jeopardize the future for next year, I don't think it makes any sense. So I think that even if, he never got hurt. He wouldn't be playing the rest of the year probably just because it just wouldn't be worth it. But regardless of the fact that Tom Wilson only got a $5,000 suspension for that, right? When we have seen, when did you see what happened in Philly? Um, I, I'm blanking on who it was, but a dude, uh, I think it was a guy on, yeah, it was a guy in Pittsburgh. It was the same game. It was the next night, the same game that Crosby, um, basically flipped over Konechny and like got yeah. in like a wrestling match with them. Somebody on Pittsburgh went in for the empty net or he scored. And I think it, it might've been Goss to spare or I don't know one one of the defensemen on Philly basically took his skates out from under him and he slid into the boards and he got a two game suspension for that. No, I didn't see that, but I mean, I don't think I need to. I think you paint the picture well enough for me to see that. Listen, I, with the Wilson thing, it bugs me. The thing that bugs me the most is that the NHL was put in an awkward situation here. That is absolutely true. The Department of Player Safety, let me clarify, was put in an awkward situation because there is no suspending Tom Wilson for two games anymore. It's either he gets the maximum fine and he basically goes untouched or he's gone for 20 games at this point. So they had to make that decision. And I'm not defending the decision. I'm just trying to wrap my head around it as we speak here and maybe try to make somebody else who doesn't understand it, understand it. But that's the rock and the hard place they were put in. The league has been so inconsistent. Yeah. And I, and don't get me wrong. Like I could not imagine being the head of the department of player safety. That's gotta be one of the most like stressful jobs you can have. 
But when you're George Peros and you played the game at a certain level that a lot of the guys that end up getting suspended or getting fined probably play, played at, if not around the same level as George Peros. So he knows like that. He knows that line. So where's the consistency? How can somebody, how can Tom, and, and I agree with what you just said. You're, you're not just going to give Tom Wilson two games. What is that going to do? But then again, what did seven games do? Nothing. Clearly nothing. Two, I, I two, thought that he was going to be okay. I really thought that, you know, given his play since he came back, he was going to be okay. But clearly after the other night, it's just not the case. No, and, and two weeks later, here he is doing the same shit, if not worse than what he than what he decided to do to Artemi Panarin. I would say this I'm trying, is worse. And it is worse. I'm sure. I'm sorry. I'm trying to pull up the the statement that the Rangers made. Oh, I can pull but, it up right here, Nick. Don't you worry. I'll, I'll share okay. my screen with you. It, but it's just fu- it's just fucking crazy to me okay. that the inc- the inconsistency in the league. And if you're if you're a player in this league and you're dealing with this kind of shit, it's like, oh, am I even allowed to? Like, how far can I go on the ice without having to worry about missing games because? I maybe did one thing wrong or two or like I made two mistakes. It to, I, it to me, it's just, it's, it's so fucking bizarre. And, and for the fact that Tom, like, like, look, okay. So there was a lot of backlash across the whole, you know, the whole hockey market, the whole, you know, Twitter sphere, all, all, I mean, I think most people agreed that it was a disgusting act, which is what, uh, with what Wilson did to Panarin and you know, a lot of, and like I already said, Tom Wilson, it was the luckiest man that night because if, if Artemi Panarin slammed his head on the ice, I don't even want to think about what would have happened, but I think anybody that's listening and you can use your imagination on what could have possibly happened. Yeah. But if that were to have happened, which I'm glad it didn't, is that what it would have taken for Tom Wilson to realize Oh shit. Maybe I finally went too far. And that's a question that we won't know. That's an answer that we won't know. And I'm glad that we don't right now because I'm glad that Panarin's okay for the most part. And I'm so glad that Tom Wilson's in the league because he's a great villain for the league. Yeah. But he's also a piece of fucking shit and he can't stop. He can't get out of his own fucking way. And it's, it's borderline, not borderline. It's embarrassing. And he's a great player. I mean, I've said it before. Any GM in this league would take Tom Wilson on their team seven days out of seven because he's a hard-nosed bastard that's tough to play against, that can score goals, is is physical, rides that line, but he only rides that line for so long until he fucking jumps off a cliff. It does seem like... I mean, the thing is, I've never heard a bad thing about him off the ice. I I will say that. I haven't either. On the on the behind the bead that the Bruins had, I think a week ago, it was it was it was back to that thumping that the Bruins gave the Caps. I think it was like the eight three game or whatever. Marshawn before the game is like talking to Wilson on the faceoff dot, like, "What's up, buddy? Hey, like, what's up with Z? Like, is he all right?" And he, and Wilson was like, "Oh yeah, you know, he's copped a he's uh blocked a couple of shots the last couple of games, so he's just feeling a little gingerly, but yeah, he's all right." Yeah. And him and Pasternak had that whole exchange where they made some sort of bet and um well like Pasta had to tweet out like Tom Wilson's the best goal scorer in the NHL. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like 
Yeah, so he obviously has like a decent reputation off the off the ice. But we don't get to see that as much as, you know, obviously the other players and everything. Uh, it's, I don't know, it's just crazy. Do you mind pulling up that? that oh, yeah, uh, I, can, I can bring it back up, right? Do you, can you see that? Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. see it. But if, if you wanted to go ahead, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. And, no, and I was just going to say, just after. to continue with what you said, where it's like, it's a shame that the guy can't just ride the wave when, when he is doing good, because it, it does seem like it's just moments where there's just a switch that flips for about two seconds. But once it flips, it goes and goes until he makes that crucial mistake. We saw it with Carlo and, and that whole thing with Carlo. Some people say that was a freak thing. No, if you watch him on that shift, he was gunning for somebody. And then there's the thing with Buchnevich. He didn't have to pop him in the back of the head. And if he doesn't pop him in the back of the head, the whole thing with Panarin never happens. So it's just a switch that flips. And once it goes, it goes until he, you know, gets punished either in the moment in the game and slash or suspended or fined. And you know what? What did he sign? Like a five or six year extension worth like 30 plus million dollars. It was five, cheap. <laughs> $5,000 doesn't mean shit to Tom Wilson. I yeah, mean, no, he's he, getting paid 5.16 annually yeah. until the end of 2023, 2024. Yeah. He, and, and the thing is, who knows if he's even paying it? It might be coming out of the team's pocket. Right, exactly. Like, But yeah, you're right. It's it's just like the, a wire just crosses for a couple seconds and then forget about it. And the thing is, I, I, I never see Tom Wilson come out and say anything. And I don't know if, no. if if that's just because of media availability or the team just is like, nope, like this guy, this guy, and this guy is going to talk to the media. You're not talking to them. If Is it like a way of protecting him? Like I would love Tom Wilson to like get grilled by a, a scrum of reporters and tell the truth. Hey, why do you play this way? Like, why do you, uh, like, it's great that you play this way, but why do you have to cross the line so many times? Yeah. How much of a rap sheet do you need to have before you make the biggest mistake of your life and you, you get kicked out of the NHL or you get suspended for a year, no pay? Like, no, is that what I, it's going to take? Like, I don't know. Is that what it's going to take? And I would hate to see that. I don't think any true hockey fan that truly appreciates the game and loves the game like we do wants to see a player like that be suspended for a whole year because of on ice actions. It's one thing if there's off ice as well as on ice, but like we, like we already covered, it seems like he's a great guy off ice and guys like him and respect him. And so I don't know, but if there's anything I want to see in the playoffs, I want to see him get run the fuck over without the puck interference, roughing, charging, call it whatever the hell you want. I want him looking back for a pass or Looking back, trying to trying to figure out which way to go on the on the four check, and somebody just stands him up at center ice with his head down, and he just gets knocked the fuck out, and he doesn't play for the rest of the year. And I'm not, I, I, and I don't mean to wish like injury or harm on anybody, but I think that this guy deserves it. I I understand where you're coming from. Like I totally get it. I'm not going to sit here and say something like that. Obviously, L listen, Obviously, I, it's your team too. <laughs> no, 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 no. It honestly doesn't even really have anything to do with that. It, like I can sit here. I, I have the ability to shut my brain off and just try to be completely objective and, and, and put all that shit aside. And I'm doing that here. I wouldn't wish that type of thing on anybody, but just for, for his sake, for Washington's sake, for 
the the safety of all the players in the National Hockey League. And I said this last time, I'm going to say it again. Every single person with any level of authority within the Washington organization needs to fucking sit him down and give him a like a serious inter- intervention type of thing. And they need to be on him because, listen, honestly, I'm to the point where he needs to be a question mark in this offseason because somebody will take him and somebody will pay for him if the if Washington's all, like, you know what, we want him gone. All 31 will, yeah, all including this year with the Kraken coming in next year, all 31 other teams will take him. Yeah, absolutely. And the Capitals could probably get a healthy return for him. And there's other question marks, and I wish Wilson wasn't one, but if, if I was... McClellan, if I was the ownership group, I would absolutely be looking at that saying, we might have to do something about this and, and just, just to get him off of our hands, you know? Yeah. I, I don't, I, to be honest, Cam, I don't see that happening because I think they value him way too, way too highly and as they should. But <clears throat> if you're a Washington Capitol going into the playoffs and your name isn't Tom Wilson, you better also keep your, you better also keep your head on a swivel. Yeah, because because not only does that put a target on Tom Wilson's back, it put a tar- it puts a target on the whole team's back. Yeah, I mentioned this last night when we were texting. Like, I'm terrified that someone's going to go after like a Nick Backstrom, you know, a guy who is so far away from deserving it. But absolutely, yeah, I, I'm terrified that something like that's going to happen. Not just because I'm a Capitals fan, but it's because I don't want to see somebody get fucking hurt. You know, and it's the, and I don't want to see Tom Wilson hurting people. (laughs) Like it it sucks being a Capitals fan who isn't one of these diehard bleed red. Well, I guess we all bleed red, but one of these diehard bleed red fucking idiots who is just so boneheaded. And it's like, yeah, Tom Wilson, everybody fucking like fuck every single one of you because you're, you're Uh, a moron. Also fuck Tom Wilson for standing in the penalty box and flexing towards the fucking Rangers bench. Yeah, you're a douche. That's where I you're mean, I was fucking douche. I was already pretty livid over the incident itself, but seeing that, I'll admit, I chuckled in the moment, but then I thought about it. I was like, wait, that was not fucking cool, dude. That was cringeworthy. Yeah, it was not cringy. Cool. Anyway, so the next day, the following day, let's move on from that from that game. Uh, this is a statement from the New York Rangers. AKA James Dolan, who also owns the New York Knicks, who's yeah, a no very <laughs> awful, shitty owner in professional sports. Yep. Came out with this statement. <clears throat> and I quote The New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night at Madison Square Garden. Any comments right there? Oh, okay, listen, the whole, I, I, I don't know. And just just keep going. Just keep going. I have a lot of thoughts. Horrifying act of violence. Was it horrifying? Yeah. Was it an act of violence? Yeah. But he wasn't suspended, which I agree with. Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these types of acts, and we find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate action and suspend him indefinitely. Now, that's a tough... That's tough. Anyway... I'll continue, and then we can talk about it. Sorry for the interruptions. It's all good. <laughs> Wilson, Wilson's dangerous and reckless actions caused an injury to Artemi Panarin that will prevent him from playing again this season. We view this as a dereliction. Dereliction. Why is that an I instead whatever? I don't fucking We view this as a dereliction of duty by NHL head of player safety, George Peros, and believe he is unfit to continue in his current role. 
there's a lot to break down from that. Um, should Tom Wilson have been suspended in my mind? Yes. But for how long? I don't know. If you compare it to the Carlo hit. I mean, it's so tough because I go back to if if Panarin actually slammed his head off the ice and say, like, there was no blood or anything like that. Oh, sorry, Tom, Tom, you're done for the rest of this year and the first 10 games next year. But the fact that Panarin was able to get up and be okay for the most part, I think was the reason why he wasn't suspended. I'm guessing. Um, but for him to be suspended indefinitely, that's, that to me sounds like, like forever, which I don't think indefinitely typically implies forever. Yeah. And I don't think that's the case whatsoever. I don't think he should be suspended forever. Um, but also like the fact that (laughs) the Rangers say that, um, George Paris should lose his job. Maybe James Dolan, you should just like not be an owner of fucking two shitty New York teams. Like maybe, maybe sell the team to somebody that has a fucking clue on what's going on. That can, that understands the game of hockey as well as the sport of basketball, but, or just don't be a a, a two sport owner in a, in a giant, in the biggest city in, in, in America. Hey, stick to basketball and making the Knicks shitty or stick to the Rangers and let let your GM and your president do all the work, which he proceeded to fire that day or the next day. Um, be- yeah, before their next meeting, yeah. which was yesterday on Wednesday. We'll, we'll get to the firings because there's a lot to say there. Just it's to speak just to so the crazy. statement before we get too far away from that. Yeah, I found the statement to be very melodramatic personally. I'll be honest. And, you know, they had me in the first half. I'm not going to lie. But when they called for George Peros's head, essentially, that's when they completely lost me. And I didn't even put together. It took me listening to the sports hub a few hours after I saw the statement to, to, for, to even know that this was probably Dolan's doing. I had no idea. Never put it together in my head before that. So I, I, I agreed with what they said that it's like it was sort of Montreal Canadiens ish. If it had nothing to do with Wilson, we'd probably all be laughing at it. Mm-hmm. And they kind of had me in the first half. I was like, okay, I understand where they're coming from with this. Then they call for the head of a league official when you can't even criticize a referee in a post-game interview. You're going to call <laughs> for the head of a department? Oh, come on. It was and fucking why, and, ridiculous. And why would, like, the more I'm like, I'm like in the same boat as you, like, <clears throat> excuse me, the more I thought about it, it's like, would the GM really come out and say that? Like, the GM and George Peros basically work together. Yeah. So why would a GM come out and say that? Why would a president come out and say that? They all they're all like part of like the whole same big thing, like above the players and the and the fans and everything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the owner is totally separate. So once. Like once that point like stuck to me, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like that's like Bob Kraft or, you know, Jeremy Jacobs coming out and saying something like that. And it's like, I'm sorry, Jeremy. Um, who was the last player you drafted? 
Oh, that's right. Can you just keep writing the checks, please, so we can keep paying our players? Thank you. <laughs> like, like, dude, shut up. If a real, like, if, if the GM, Jeff Gordon at the time, who's unfortunately has been fired since then, wanted to make a statement, I think he would have just came out and said, um, given the events that happened the other night, we're glad that our Tammy's okay, but... Um, you know, we just agree. We just disagree with uh, the penalty that was given to Tom Wilson f- coming from the the DPOS. Yeah, that's all it had to be, and that's it. Like owners, stay out of it. You just pay for this product. That's it. Yeah, stay out of it. You yeah. you literally have nothing to do with what goes on the ice. Yeah, and the the Rangers were fined. What was it? Two hundred fifty thousand dollars for it today. Yep. Yeah, they were fined $250,000 for the statement. Which you had like, to know that he Which is like a quarter this, to them. Yeah, no, it, it, the, it means nothing. I think that they, they really should have dropped the hammer a little bit harder because, listen, I, I agree with a lot of what they said. I think horrifying acts of violence was a strong way of putting it maybe, but it was, yeah, I, I get it. I understand where you're coming from, but then to call for the head of the department like that, who, yes, has been inconsistent, but would you rather have it be like Shanahan before where guys were getting 10 games for, for, for half of what Wilson didn't get suspended for? Yeah. You make a good point there. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's, it's just kind of a double-edged sword, but they, they had to have known that they were going to get fined and either they knew they weren't going to get fined that much. And that's why they really don't give a shit or they didn't give a shit to begin with. And honestly, I kind of am, I'm on the ladder there. Yeah, and Gary Bettman came out and uh, he said, public comments of the nature issued by the Rangers that were personal in nature and demeaning of a league executive will not be tolerated. While we don't expect our clubs to agree with every decision rendered by by DPOS, the extent to which the Rangers expressed their disagreement was unacceptable, which he's totally right. It is, ter- it is terribly unfair to question George Paris's professionalism and dedication to his role in the Department of Player Safety. Especially given that it's not just him making the decisions, it's the department. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but what, what blows my mind is that James Dolan then goes and he fires President John Davidson and GM Jeff Gordon, who used to be the GM here for the Bruins for a hot minute, um, and, it, and then comes out and says... Oh, well, it actually has nothing to do with what happened. It's like, mm. it's like, dude, what are you talking Oh, yeah, so it just happens to be, like, ironic that this happened, and then the next day after you release, release a statement where multiple talking heads in the NHL, both on, on Twitter and in reports, came out and said that Jeff Gordon and John Davidson wanted nothing to do with this statement and, and did not support it. Yeah. So just a fucking horrible look by the owner here. And it, and it almost takes away from what happened, um, you know, in the game yesterday with three fights right off the bat, you had, um, oh, you have it here. Sorry. Hold on. I'm going to just pull it up real quick. Yeah. I have the whole thing. I can just go right into it. Yeah. Three, go ahead. Go for yeah, it. Yeah. Three fights right out of the, off the opening face off one second in six fights in the first five minutes, 72 penalty minutes, in the first four minutes of the game with 141 total. Uh, Brendan Smith went right after Tom Wilson within seconds of Wilson starting his first shift. We can obviously talk about that, but 
But yeah, that whole fucking game, man. Off the opening face-off, it was Hathaway versus, I'm going to butcher this, D. D Giuseppe. D Giuseppe, thank you. Uh, Dowd versus Rooney and Haglin versus Blackwell. And then obviously later in the period, it was Wilson Smith, Raffle and Bitetto, I think is how you say mm-hmm. that. And uh, Eller and Strom right after that. That's an odd combo, that last one, Eller and Strom. It was an odd combo. Even Hag- After I even saw like that Hagelin. one, I was like, oh, boy, we're really getting down the ladder here. I don't know how many, how much more yeah. we're going to see. I mean, the thing is, though, like, that's the thing. Like, the Ra- the Rangers don't have anybody on their team that's a big, tough guy that's going to go out and defend the team. I mean, Brendan right. Smith had to because he's a leader on that squad, but he's not big. He's definitely not bigger than Tom Wilson. He's no. definitely not tougher than Tom Wilson. So it was kind of more like, well, what did you expect? Yeah. And obviously it reminded a lot of people of a few years ago when the Devils and the Rangers, everybody dropped the mitts right off the opening draw. And then after that, I mean, I, I'm not going to be honest. I watched the first, I, I think we were messaging like before I left for hockey, the first 20 minutes. Yep. And I saw, the last thing I saw was like the tail end of the Wilson fight because I went out to put my bag in my car. And then I just obviously got all the updates from you guys and on Twitter the, this morning and stuff when I hopped on and the Capitals rolled them. So, you know, it's it stinks for the Rangers that they didn't have, you know, even a guy to call up. I guess the guy they wanted to was injured and it is what it is. But, you know, what I mean, I give the Rangers a slow, like, light little golf clap for obviously sticking up for a Temi Panarin, but I yeah. think that I think that if the Rangers were in the playoffs and somehow these two got matched up, it would be a fucking bloodbath and the Rangers would find a way to play bigger. But fortunately we don't have to worry about that. And um I don't know. I mean what what did you make of the whole the whole all the fights and everything? I think it's great. So but for people to think that oh well how could you like Resort to violence, like, <laughs> from an act of violence. Like, two wrongs don't make a right. Dude, I tell you what, I have a lot to say, especially after that last bit you just said, because I will not stand for the pussification of this sport. I will not do it. Of this country. Of this country. I Absolutely, I agree with that statement, too, but let's keep it a little more grounded right now. But <laughs> That's for another show. But, um... I, I first of all, I mean, I, I listened to Hockey Central at noon today. Well, I listened to it at one, so that's weird. But um, uh, the first thing they said was the Capitals won the game. The Capitals won the fights, which speaks to the fact that we, you know, we all knew it. The Rangers didn't have a guy who could step up and take on Tom Wilson, and and they didn't. They don't really have a guy that can take on most of the Capitals' heavyweights. I, I would say that there was no fights out of the six that the Rangers really won. Uh, I tell you what, though, Smith did hold his own against Wilson, which I thought he did, was and he cool. he got in a, a couple shots there. Yeah, and and the the biggest takeaway from that, I'd say, from the Rangers' perspective, that was a character night for them. I mean, they knew they they didn't give a shit about winning that game. They wanted to go out and make a statement that they weren't going to go quietly into the night to quote Independence Day of all fucking things, and they um were just they were going to stick up for their guy and they're going to show the big bad Capitals. Like, hey, we're going to beat the shit out of you. We might not win, but we're going to, you know, try to get a few punches while we're going down. And they certainly did. And and especially did because Wilson left the game with an upper body injury. Right, which I didn't fully get. Like, what happened? 
Uh, okay, so this again, I was at work, so I didn't see the whole first period. Okay. So it might have been something else. My guess is that he probably got a little banged up during the fight. Uh, that's my guess if I'm thinking just black and white. But what I really think happened is Laviolette probably said, hey, you're hurt. You're going to go to the fucking, you're leaving this game. You're done. You're yeah, hurt, we're buddy. Deal, we're not dealing with all this shit going yeah. on for for 60 minutes. We, we got it out of the way in the first 10, 15 minutes. It's over with. It's done now. Just get out of get out of here because we don't yeah. need any more distractions. We're here to win a hockey game. We're trying to establish first place in the division. Have home ice advantage throughout the playoffs. That's it. Yeah, I I, I would not doubt that they had a conversation in the locker room before the game that that went like this. Uh, Tom Wilson, hey, I want to you know if someone's going to try to fight me tonight, I want to you know I want to drop the gloves. I want to fight him. And Laviolette or somebody maybe said, hey. Well, after that fight, you're done. You're leaving the game. We're not risking your injury before the playoffs. You got lucky that you didn't get suspended. So as long as we have you, we're going to use you. We're in charge, and if you, we'll let you get into that fight, but you're leaving the game with some kind of injury. I so. think that's a great point, Cam, and one that I really, to be honest, didn't even think of. That was the first thing I thought of, because that's the thing. is like Wilson's the type of guy who would play through an injury probably. Oh, yeah, for sure. So yeah. Especially if it's not that serious. And I haven't heard anything else right now, so I'm assuming he's playing their next game. Uh, I'm sure he's day-to-day upper body, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's move on to something big that did happen. Um, unfortunately, we do want to send our condolences to uh, TJ Oshie. He did lose his father. Uh who unfortunately suffered with Alzheimer's since 2012. Uh, he was 56 years old. He was known as Coach Osh, uh, Coach Oshi, but I believe they called him Coach Osh. If yes, I, they did. If, if I get in that wrong, I'm very sorry. But uh, he passed away uh, the night before this game, and sure as hell, TJ Oshi does what TJ Oshi does, and he goes out and he finds the net three times for the hat trick, uh, very emotional on the bench, and as expected. I mean, how could you not be? Uh, so hats off to, to TJ and uh, his whole family and con- our condolences especially, but no better way to to, uh, <clears throat> to go out and make your father proud who's just now watching over you. And, you know, we saw him how emotional he was when he won the cup uh, two years ago. Dude, so- I tell you what, I, first of all, again, it's awful what happened and, and to see Oshi go out and respond the way he did last night was, was truly sensational. Also great on the caps to, to see how they reacted to it as well. And, and all of that. But um, when the capital the night, the capitals won the Stanley cup, I got a little emotional when Ovechkin lifted up the cup and, and that was that. But I tell you what, when he uh, talked about his father and, and I remember he said that, you know, he, he has Alzheimer's. He doesn't remember much anymore, but I know that he'll remember this. Mm-hmm. That fucking sent me into a tizzy. Oh, uh, how could I, it not? It's yeah, your right no, I, I was watching that game alone for the most part. My mom came in when they won the cup, when Ovi lifted the cup, and then she left. I'm glad that there was nobody in the room. Oshi. You keep saying Ovi. I said Ovi when, like, he got the cup in the present cup presentation. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, okay, no, when, bad, but, but when Oshi went on that thing when he was talking, I think he was talking to Pierre about yeah, his dad. Yeah, I think so. I am glad that nobody was was in the room with me because fuck, man, <laughs> it, it hit me. And and uh, hearing that he passed away was was awful. I can only imagine. So, yeah, uh, well, yeah. no better way to no better way to honor his father than going out there and getting the hat trick and getting the win. So, yeah, uh, like like we said, condolences to the Oshi family. Uh, 
hopefully your father's in a better place now after dealing with that terrible disease too. So uh, all the best there. All right, let's uh, take a little break from the Capitals. It's been about 35 straight minutes of the cap. So let's just uh, go over the Bruins real quick and then we'll go over a few things and we will bring you a little pucking around too oh, yeah. before we close out the episode. So uh, first things first, Cam, the Bruins finally uh, punched their ticket to the playoffs so we no longer have to worry about or I no longer have to worry about whether or not this team is going to just shit the bed at some point after being in the midst of a six game winning streak. And you were right with we where we were all a little worried there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so very, very, I don't know. I can't, I shouldn't even say this because like, I'm not part of the team, but like, I'm proud of this team given the fact that the way their season started where I'm like, Oh, this team's rolling along, like things are going good. And then all of a sudden, December, January, February hits, and it's like, oh, my God, are they even going to make the playoffs? So very happy for them. But the guy the guy to thank really is Taylor Hall and, I guess, your boy, Don Sweeney, for bringing him in because Taylor Hall, 11 points in 13 games, six goals, five assists with a plus 12. Uh, he did only have 19 points in 37 games with Buffalo, including only two goals with a – Solid minus 21. <laughs> <laughs> and I think like you, like you mentioned in the notes, Cam, he has elevated David Krejci to a, to a level that we haven't seen since Krejci played with Nathan Horton and Milan Lucic. Yeah, no shit. What a throwback that is. <laughs> I mean, but the, if you think about it, the last time that line was really going was in 2011. Yeah. And it's been 10 years now since they've won the cup. And it's like, I'm not saying I'm getting like, you know, that feel like, you know, you, I mean, like you got it. I'm sure when the caps, the year they won the cup, you just got that feeling like, you know what? This is different. This is different. Yeah. There's always a point with every team that I've ever seen win. There's always that one turning point, it, whether it's a gradual build or there's one moment in a season where like, this is finally the time I can't say I felt that with Boston this year, but there's definitely, I feel more confident a little bit because they're not, they're not just fighting to to get fourth place right now. They clinched, but now it's like they could finish in second. They could technically still finish in first. Technically, any team in this division right now could finish in first, which yeah. is crazy. Uh, Pittsburgh's been hot as hell, and it seems like they might even catch the Caps, but we'll see about that. I think they only have uh, – do the Caps The caps only have two games left? I forget. I've, I was just looking at the standings, and now I forget. But Of course. I, I, they're tied on points right now. They've played just about the same amount of games. I think Washington does have at least one game in hand right now. Okay. Regardless – uh, it's a it's a four team race for first, but no matter what, I don't th I don't I think if you're number one or number four, like I was saying last week, it's going to be a dogfight to get out of this division. I think any team can win this division. Um, but the thing that has really stuck out to me for the Bruins is getting that second line production and how much it uh, it takes pressure off of your third and then your fourth line and then of course your top line and Brad Marchand has had this unfucking believable unphenomenal this phenomenal season and if it wasn't for Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews and all these other guys that are out there putting their teams on their backs and carrying them the way that they are Brad Marchand to me would be the Hart Trophy like he would win the Hart Trophy he's been without a doubt he's been the MVP of this team 
And without Brad Marchand, you're 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 probably in fifth or sixth place, and you're probably not very very close to a playoff spot. And I think the same thing too. Since Tuukka Rask has come back from his injury, I believe he's six and two. Um, if not, I might be wrong, but regardless, Tuukka Rask has looked great. There, there were there was a game or two where he kind of got hung out to dry, but he's also been more square to the puck and like less like less like floppyish. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he just see it just seems like a lot more calm. Like there's like a more calm presence there, which is when Tuka plays at his best. And then I. I think the best thing going for this team is health. You're getting Brandon Carlo back. Matt Grizzlick is feeling healthy again. As of right now, Kevin Miller, who obviously people know I have my gripes with him, but if the playoffs were to start tomorrow, guess what? Kevin Miller is starting in your top six, and he's going to be your last pair of defensemen, probably playing with Mike Riley or Matt Grizzlick. Um, and I think Jeremy Lausanne takes that spot with, with McAvoy, but... You know, health is huge, obviously, as we know. So as long as this team can stay healthy in the playoffs, I think that they have a chance to get out of the East. And uh, one last thing before I close here about the Bruins, I am all done with Yaro Halak. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 we, I do want to cycle back to Hall, but I do want to touch on Halak yeah, yeah. too. I mean, we he we if you saw the Bruins game the other night, and if you didn't, We'll sum it up as quickly as possible. They lost. Was it four to three or three to two? I think it was four to three. Four to four to three in overtime. Four, four to, to three to in overtime. Jersey. Granted, it was four on three in overtime because there was an impending penalty coming on the Bruins, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Halak gives up the goal, throws a, a throw to, straight up fit on the ice, slams his oh, stick, yeah. knocks over a stool that I'm not even sure why it was on the bench. Maybe it was for the. I back. think that was where uh, Swayman was sitting. Like okay. That's what my guess was, but I'm like, okay, do they have Peter Dinklage watching on the bench somewhere? Like, what the fuck? Anyway, bad jokes aside. Between that and between the goal that he should have given up, that he got bailed out on, that he eventually did get, he eventually did give up a goal like 30 seconds later on a shot that he should have saved. That's when I was really done. That's when I texted you guys in the group chat saying that I was done with a lock. And then in overtime, obviously, he blows it, throws the fit. I've seen everything that I've needed to see. He was helpful uh, in going to the Stanley Cup in 2019. It was, it was honestly, there was a question in a lot of our minds whether or not it was going to be him or Rask starting in those playoffs and all that. So I don't know. I, I've had my, I'm done with Halak. Let's go with Rask and the kid and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously like what, what Yaro Halak has done for this team over the past couple seasons has been nothing short of remarkable because he's been able to go in and take over for Tuka Rask, who went, who, as we always know, like is one day away from not even playing, right? You know, for the rest of the year. So, but I think once they brought up Swayman, it just seems like, and and you know, Rask was out, so Yara was getting most of the starts, and Swayman gets a start, or or Vladar gets a start. Vladar doesn't look that good, so they call up Swayman, and Swayman comes in, and he gets his first win, and he's like, uh-oh. And there's been, <clears throat> excuse me, and there's been talks about Swayman for a while now and how he could potentially be the future goaltender of the Bruins, blah, 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 blah. And then Swayman, all of a sudden, he's like, I think he's 4-1 and one or 5-1 and one ever since he got called up, and it's like, it seems like he just gives this this team a boost 
And now I'm not going to say that it was all Yarrow's fault against New Jersey the other night because I think their defense looked like shit for most of that game. But I mean, even that that overtime goal though, like to Pavel Zaka, like it was a sick goal. But at the same time, you're four on three, and it's like, dude, why do you drop so early? You don't need to drop that early. Whatever. I don't want to criticize Yarrow Halak too much because. He's been very serviceable, but I just think that he's played his last game as a Boston Bruin. But it also wouldn't surprise me at the same time if Bruce Cassidy's like, well, no, like, you know, we want the veteran presence, so Yarrow's going to be the number two in the playoffs. And it's like, to me, I say, no, 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 no. Look at what Jeremy's look at what Jeremy Swayman has done for this team. If Tuka Rask goes down in the middle of a game, who do you feel better coming in? The kid? Or Yaro Halak. Right now, I'm going with the guy who's six two and one with a one six two goals against average and a nine forty two save percentage. And, and that would be your Yaro man. Halak. And that would be Jeremy Swayman, exactly, <laughs> who's pitching a shutout right now against the Rangers, but it is against the Rangers. So, uh, yeah. So I, I just think Swayman has just looked so good for this team. But I know you said you want to touch on on uh, Taylor Hall before we uh, move on here. Yeah, so basically the question that I have is he's clearly working on that second line. He has been producing better than he has in in probably since his 2018 season when he won the heart. So it's a small sample size, but based on what he's done now, how heavily would you consider him getting extended here in Boston? If I had to put odds on, like, if I had to put, like, out of 100%, I think it's, like, 80-20. Wow. Okay. I I think 80-20 that he re-signs here because I was talking about this today at work, too, which is, like, so funny because some of the guys are like, oh, no way, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, like, think about, he's been in the league for, like, what, 10 years now? Yeah, he's been he in the was playoffs. drafted in 2010. He's been in the playoffs once. And if you're a first overall pick, and obviously, you know, we know the teams that he's been on between Edmonton and Arizona and New Jersey and Buffalo this year and now Boston, it's like, don't you think you, as a number one overall pick, you had some pri- you'd have some pride and be like, I'm sick of losing? And I think that Taylor Hall came into this organization, came into this locker room and is like, this is a culture I can get behind. I don't have to be the number one guy. I was just about to say that. He doesn't have to be the guy. There's no pressure. There's not as much pressure on him. And you get he and like I said earlier, he's elevated David Krejci to like 2011, 2010, David Krejci winning. Krejci had like 60 helpers and 20 goals. So whether, and, and Krejci, I don't know. I don't know about next year, but for now with Krejci, I'd rather just wait until the playoffs are over and let's see how that goes before I want to talk about re-signing him. But I think Taylor Hall is interesting because you didn't, you didn't give up a first round pick for him and he knows he's not going to make $8 million here. I'm sorry. He, I think he knows that. Yeah. If not, then he should. And I think that if he wants to get his career to a place that lives up to that first overall pick hype, he'll stay here and he'll sign somewhere between five and a half and six and a half million dollars because the Bruins are going to have a good amount of cap space this summer. And 
you know, maybe they figure out a way where, okay, it's going to be five and a half this year. And then next year it's going to go up to seven. And the year after that, if you're still playing at a high level, it's going to go up to eight. You know what I mean? Like just something along those lines. And I think that if he really truly wants to win, I think that, that he'll stay here. And I think that he wants to be here. Not even given the fact that he said after he signed here, like this is a place I like, I'd like to stay long-term. I mean, the Bruins have been in the rumor mill with Taylor Hall ever since he came into the league, ever since Sagan left. So I think it just, I think it just makes sense, but who knows? Seattle, the Seattle Kraken could be like, we're going to give you $10 million for the next three years. And you can come play with our new organization. And I just feel like he'll go $10 million. And Vegas made it to the final in their first year. This is a sure thing. I just feel like he could be the guy to do that. And I wouldn't put it past him either, Cam. But I I feel like he's kind of, I don't know. I want to say that he's tur- made, a, made a turn for, like, the right way. Like, hey, this is the NHL. This doesn't last forever. Like, I, I want to make the most of it. it it's you know a little early to sit here and say that he's turned a corner. I agree. But... Uh, I mean, the I'm, dude has made almost $45 million in his career earnings. So I agree. I think, I think that if he, if he sees the potential himself to continue to be in the same place that he's in now in Boston, I don't mean necessarily playing on the same line, but like doesn't mm. have to be the guy, but can be a serious contributor to a team that could be a a serious playoff threat in the future. I think he will absolutely play ball with management and and basically take whatever they give him. And I I say that, you know, loosely, but yeah, I think he's going to want money, but I don't, I I agree with you. He's not going to get $8 million. I don't think he's going to expect to get $8 million. So, yeah, I I would hope that he wouldn't expect that. I think he, I think the only reason why he signed with Buffalo is because that was probably the highest offer that he had. And was like, oh, well, given this season, who knows? It might not even happen. So if I sign, at least I get my money. Right. And plus, you know? they're going to suck most likely anyway, so he could just be used as trade bait. So, uh, Right, exactly. Totally agree. All right, let's move on to a few uh, a few other quick topics before we send it to pucking around and then send you guys off into the sunset. Um, the Winnipeg Jets, they did clinch a playoff spot but my god have they not been good as of late they're three seven and oh in their last 10 uh 11 11 and two at home and 17 and 10 17 10 and one on the road but the only reason why they really clinched is because calgary completely fell off the ship and if montreal wins tonight against toronto which i believe they are currently losing currently um, to toronto yes uh, Montreal will clinch a playoff spot, but there's no way Calgary's going to catch them. So I think the North is pretty much locked up in, as the way you see it right there. Um, there's, I don't think there's any way Edmonton is catching Toronto in the last, uh, let's see here, five games that they have left where Toronto is playing in their 53rd tonight. Um, to me, Cam, I don't, I, you know that I don't mind the Jets and I like, a lot of their players, but I, I think Shifley was a healthy scratch the other night. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois hasn't done a whole lot since he's gotten there. And I just think Connor Hellebuck has just had this off year. And I think it's a mixture of, you know, pressure from winning the Vesna, pressure from 
playing in this COVID season, pressure from playing in the bubble last year and a quick turnaround to this year. And the team just didn't seem ready to go. So uh, when it comes to expectations for me with them, I just don't, I don't really have a lot. My expectations, Nick, one game. They'll win one game and they'll get uh, absolutely slaughtered by the top one or two lines by Edmonton. That's my Hell, they might They might even drop to fourth and end up playing Toronto. But, I mean, yeah. wouldn't a Toronto-Montreal series be so fucking awesome in the first round? I, I think every single person who is a hockey fan is rooting for that. Even Toronto fans who I think are a little bit weary of how that series could actually go. Yeah, right, exactly. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Um, moving on to the East, which we already talked about. We mentioned it earlier about the, the Penguins and the Caps. They are in that tight race. Who do you see? If you, if, you know, fast forward to next Wednesday when the season's over, what's your one, two, three, four in the East? I was hoping you'd ask me this. I'll try to keep it quickly because I know we're up against it here. But uh, I go Washington number one, but by not by a lot. Just want to make that abundantly clear by like a pubic hair of space in points it's nice. going to be washington one uh pittsburgh two right behind them boston and new york and i'm not just saying that because that's the way it looks right now that is genuinely the way that i see it i don't see boston catching pittsburgh uh and i definitely don't see the islanders crawling back out of the fourth spot i mean they were basically del- uh, relegated there after washington beat them in three consecutive games so I think Washington holds on, even if they have to to win the division by being tied on points with Pittsburgh, I think they take the number one spot. Yeah, and I mean Pittsburgh has they're up seven to three right now on Buffalo, and then they have Jesus. one game they have one game left on Saturday, which is also against Buffalo. So it looks like the most that they can max out at is what was that, seventy five points? You said that they're at seventy one right now? They're at seventy three right now. So if seventy three you know, okay, so they can max out at seventy 77 if they went to 77 which points. they will <laughs> right and then washington like you said has a game in hand so that definitely works in their favor um the bruins washington game the last game of the season for the bruins is that the last one for the caps as well i would assume it is next tuesday i think it i think it is but i can double check that uh, regardless i i think that Neither of these teams neither of those teams are really going to be out gunning for it i think they're i wouldn't be surprised if it's Hershey versus Providence for the most part. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, the Islanders, I mean, that's the only that's the only team I really worry about catching Boston, but they've kind of been on a slide here. They're 4-4-2 four, four, and two in their last 10, where Washington 6-3-1, Pittsburgh 7-3-0, and, oh, and Boston 7-2-1. And, um, and when the Islanders don't play at home, they're not a great road team. They're 11-13-3. Meanwhile, at home, they're 23 and three. So not a great balance there. I think, honestly, I think the standings stay as they are. I would like to, I would like to see Boston try and get up to two. So they don't have to play um, Pittsburgh in the first round. But then again, I wouldn't want them to play the Highlanders either. So I think Boston and Pittsburgh would just be probably a better, more overall enjoying series that would probably, 
I wouldn't. I don't even want to say it would lean more of either team's way. I just think that that would be probably the best matchup you could get right there. Yeah, I agree. I think out of all three teams, the Bruins could match up with the. the if I had to pick one, I would want it to be Pittsburgh. I think out of all three, they've matched up with Pittsburgh the best this year. We that we've seen that the Bruins can score on them, and we've mm-hmm. seen them play good defense against them. So. I think that's what you want to go with because you still yeah. struggle to score against the Islanders sometimes. And we all know how the Capitals have historically owned the Bruins. So, and now that we're just talking about the divisions real quick, Cam, uh, as we look at the standings here, I'm, I want to take a look at the central uh, Nashville, <clears throat> excuse me. They got uh two games left. I don't believe they're playing tonight. Uh, they have 60 points where Dallas, they have 53 games played. So they got three games left. And they're at 56 points. Who do you see getting that last spot in the Central, Nashville or Dallas? I'm going to go with Nashville. They've real they've turned it into a higher gear in these last uh, month in the last month or so. They could have clinched last night uh, if it wasn't for the fact that they lost to Columbus. I want to say so. I'm just going to go with them personally. Okay. Right? And I don't think da- Dallas has had a weird season where they they go from. Yeah winning the Western conference to just feeling like they have a completely incomplete team. And they remind me of the Winnipeg jets who, who you talked about earlier. They just never really seems like they got anything going. Yeah. And I think like last week, I'm going to get dunked on all, all over from my take last week with yeah. uh, Arizona taking, <laughs> taking that last spot in the West. Uh, there's not a chance in hell unless St. Louis were to lose their last five games. And even if they did, Arizona still wouldn't catch them. So Forget about that. Uh, and then uh, in the West. Uh, nope, that was the West. Okay, we hit them all. So yeah, we I hit guess them all. We're good. We're good. <laughs> okay, we're good to go. Uh, moving on, though, speaking of the West, um, David Backus, he played his last game in St. Louis last night, obviously not as a member of the Blues, but as a member of the Anaheim Ducks. Were you happy, did you happen to see the uh, post-game interview with Darren Pang? I actually did not. I heard a little uh, bit about it, but you'll have to enlighten me here. Dude, you need to watch it. It's a tearjerker. I mean, David Baggis had tears in his eyes. It's like a three-minute interview. His kids and his wife are on the Jumbotron, you know, saying how much they support him and they love him and how they thank the city of St. Louis for taking them into his home. And uh, you just got to watch it, man. If you want to have a nice little cry before you go to bed, that's something good to watch. Dude, I cry every night before I go to bed anyway, so I might as well let it be that. All right, so you might as well cry a little bit more. <laughs> I, I, I do have to say it does make me wish that it had worked out a little bit better here in Boston. I know, yeah, same here. I mean, such a such a respectable professional and athlete, and he was a great pro, so yeah. hell of a career. Uh, speaking of a hell of, hell of a career, Ryan Miller, unfortunately, never won a cup. Uh, he's also doing his uh, last last goodbyes to all the teams. He got some love from the Kings. Obviously, that's a big rivalry there, but nothing but respect for Ryan Miller, who had an outstanding career. Uh, his years in Buffalo, man, he was just insane, out of this world. And if it wasn't for him, I don't think the USA never would have made that, that gold medal game where Crosby, unfortunately, got the game-winning goal. But he was a hell of a goalie, and... Uh, played for the Blues a little bit as well. Played for the Ducks and obviously, but it, most of his time being in, in Buffalo. Vancouver too, wasn't he? Vancouver as well. Yep. Sorry about that. And uh, but I think he mostly gets me- gets remembered for you know those early two thousands with the with the uh, Sabers and I'm sure some fans were probably like shit. I think we might have found our next Dominic Ashik. So uh, just 
congratulations to him, even though his season isn't over yet. And we will get to the retirees, obviously, as they come out. But uh, Ryan Miller, great career as well. Yeah, great career. Certainly a guy who deserved to win a cup when he was playing. And I, and I hope he stays in the world of hockey and gets into some form of coaching and management so he gets that opportunity to get a ring. You know, I'd love, to, I'd love to hear him on ESPN on the broadcast crew. Fair enough. That's a good point, too. You know, be on the panel. At least you got to have some sort of goalie on there. Uh, anyway, so let's just carry right on. Anze Kopitar, he got his 1,000th point last night, his 1,000th career point. This guy, man, if he didn't play in LA, like he would probably be up there with like in popularity with like Bergeron, Taze, Barzal. Uh, I don't know, whatever, whoever, Crosby, you know what I mean? Like he is that good. I mean, he was extremely popular in the early 2000s with the, with the King's cups. He was nominated for the Selkie every single year. I mean, the guy was loved league wide. He still is. I mean, I remember um, when I was in middle school and I was in the eighth grade, my teacher and first history was like, dude, if I could get any Jersey that wasn't a Bruins Jersey, I get a Kopitar Jersey. I remember him saying that. I remember thinking that's what Corey, that's what Corey has. Yeah. He's a phenomenal hockey player, and I agree. I think that, you know, being in L.A. where it isn't as big of a sports market has maybe hurt him a little bit. But, I mean, 1,000 points, two Stanley Cups, nominated for the Selkie pretty much every year. Might yeah. be a Hall of Famer there. I think he is. I personally he's think he's from Slo- Slovenia, I believe, too, and I yes. think he's the first, first Slovenian to ever reach 1,000 points. So congratulations to him. And last but not least, before we go to pucking around, the Seattle Kraken are officially part of the NHL, and they will be taking part in their uh, entry draft. Uh, Well, yeah, their entry draft as well as uh, the expansion draft this summer, and they are now free to make any any roster moves they want. Uh, It'll be interesting. I'm sure not a whole lot will happen until the regular season ends, and all that kind of stuff, but I believe the expansion draft is sometime in July, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. But hey, welcome to the NHL, the Seattle Kraken, you crackheads. I hope you guys are ready to uh, live it up and <laughs> bring a bring a nice uh, bring a nice fan base to the NHL into the West Coast as well. I can't wait. Like I can't wait until we can devote like a whole episode to just talking about the Kraken and the expansion Hell draft yeah. and all that. I I cannot wait. And I can't wait to see how they construct this roster. Just based off of how the how the Vegas Golden Knights did it. Yeah, it'll it'll certainly be interesting. Like I said, like I want to do a whole ass episode just on them. Hell yeah. All right, well, without further ado, that's all the hockey news we got to get to, so let's send it to Puckin' Around. Oops, I missed the button. Quit Puckin' Around. Oh, fuck you. Oh, hey, fuck you. Fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Guys, stop Puckin' Around. And everybody's favorite segment in the whole wide world. Unfortunately, you're only going to get two questions that we get to ask you, the listener, but as well as Cam and I. So think hard and give us your give us your responses. You know what I mean? Like, I'd love to hear like some of the responses to the questions that we have from our listeners, too. So feel free to send those in or comment them on our on uh, Instagram. Don't be afraid to leave a little review or I mean, uh, well obviously leave a review but 
give us a little star rating. You know what I mean? It could be one, could be five. Hey, you could love us, you could hate us, but thanks for listening no matter what, kid. Is this the outro or is this pucking around? What's going on? No, this is pucking around. <laughs> I'm just yeah, saying, we- I, I'd be interested to see the answers, you know? No, I would be too. I hope that we get to that level of popularity where we get like a thousand emails a week just based off of our awful pucking around answers. And guess guess who's going to file through them all? Oh, absolutely. I, I would I would love oh, no, to no, have no. the luxury. Oh, oh I wasn't going to say you. I was going to say the one that's at the Bruins game right now. Yeah, here you go, Sonic. <laughs> Thanks. This is your job. <laughs> this is your job now. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I was going to say I would love to have the luxury to be in that place in life where I have people sending emails that I can choose whether or not I can read them and not. Yeah. I would love yeah, that. Literally. Yeah. But um, we do have the email third line grinders fans at gmail.com. It's in the description below. Send us an email with your thoughts on the show, the things you agree and disagree with You're pucking around shit, whatever you want. You can just say hi. You can tell us you want to you know, kill us. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I want to kill tell me it. too. So let's go. Tell, it. <laughs> <laughs> tell us you want to Tom Wilson us. <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah, <laughs> full circle. Sorry, we'll only hit you with a five dollar fine instead. All right, Cam, uh, because you because you had the question first. <laughs> because you had the <laughs> you had the question first. I wanted you to go first, so hit me with your best shot, baby. Okay, so I did go with a non hockey related question again because it seems like people like those and. This was a very kind of intense episode with a lot of loud noises and yelling. So what is your favorite or what is, in your opinion, the best episode of television you've ever seen? Any show, any genre of show, go for it. Fuck me. And yeah, it's a long, it's a hard one. So, and obviously I'll edit around this, so I'll timestamp this, but. um, just All right, so. So I automatically think of Sons of Anarchy because I would go this way. I loved that show. And I think that was like the first real show that I watched that I was just like, holy shit. Like I was so into the dialogue and the story and just like the characters and everything. Like I was just like, I, I was so gratified from it. And like, I just, I couldn't help it. So I'm going to say the episode where, spoiler alert, if you're currently watching this or haven't watched it, uh, where Jax and Opie are in prison and uh, the guard basically comes out and says, all right, tell her it's it's either you or it's him. And Jax and Opie are best buddies and this is like they have to do this this favor basically for this other, for this gang that's inside the jail just like make sure that they doesn't reap on the club and Opie like goes over and it's like, I'll do it. And he has to fight this huge dude in prison and he ends up getting his ass kicked and unfortunately killed. And wow. That episode, that episode hit me so hard, man. I forget, I forget what season I forget what episode, but if I just see like the beginning, I'll, I'll know exactly like, yep, this is the episode, and yeah. that, shit hit me, that shit hit me hard, bro. Mm. Right in the feels, man. Right in the feels. <laughs> that's a sh- that's one of those shows I need to watch. You've recommended it, like, five times. I need to... That that might be my next one. So... It's it's really good. And they have a spinoff going on 
um, which started, I think, two years ago called Minds uh, MC, which is on FX, but, like, you can watch it on demand, and they, like, full-on swear on it. It's great. Oh, like, full-on HBO-type swearing? Like, doesn't matter? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like fucking FX has stepped it up. Some of those show, some of those channels like AMC, I know yeah. does too. Like, cause I was a huge walking dead fan and they would drop a shit in there every now and then. So yeah, uh, but no, I mean, I'm saying like, they're saying fuck and like showing like, oh, edgy. yeah, <laughs> boobies. They show boobies. <laughs> anyway, before I get to my answer, I do want to say, I'll probably ask the same question again next week. Cause I want to hear yeah. what Ethan and uh, Sonic will say. So I'll, I'll, I'll probably do a part two with this next week when we do fucking around again. For sure. But um, my answer, I actually have two because I just can't pick between the, the two of them. So I'll try to be as quick as possible. I am going spoilers here for these two shows. Uh, my, I would, I would say I'll split it into two parts. My favorite episode of any TV show ever is the reigns of Castamere, which is the third, the ninth episode of season three of game of Thrones, better known as the red wedding episode where I, have you seen game of Thrones, Nick? Nope. So if you, if you don't care, then whatever, but because this is a massive spoiler where basically Rob Stark, Catelyn Stark and Rob's wife, Talisa are murdered at their cousin's wedding, uh, by Walder Frey. Hence red wedding. Yes. It it is. When I say that it is the most, it was the most shocking moment in the history of television and game of that was game of Thrones thing was, you know, no character was safe. Everyone can fucking die. It doesn't matter. Granted it's based off the, a song of ice and fire books and it stays pretty true through the first four books, but true to the source material. I mean, uh, that episode, holy shit. Did I cry? Because it is shocking. It is shocking watching it. Because it's like two of the main characters who the entire plot has been centered around for three seasons within a 10-minute span at the end of the episode are just murdered ruthlessly. Oh, it always happens at the end, of course. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's just like, it's worth it. Like, even if you haven't watched that scene, Nick, like, seriously, watch that scene on YouTube. Just look up The Red Wedding and watch it. It's like 10 minutes. You don't even really need the full context, although it's better if you have it. It is right. just just watching the acting is brilliant because Richard mm-hmm. Madden, uh, Michelle Fairley, I think her name is, who played Catelyn. They're all brilliant in that scene, especially Michelle Fairley, who played Catelyn. She was brilliant. But uh, so watch that scene if, if you haven't. It's it's mind blowing. Uh, and then my my I would say the best episode of television I've ever watched was I don't remember the episode number, but it was in season four. Uh, the suitcase, an episode of Mad Men, which is another one of my all time favorite shows, uh, where it's just the dynamics b- between Don and Peggy, the dialogue that they share, Don finding out that Anna died. It's just, it's brutal. And it's, it's a beautifully crafted piece of art. It really is. It's like, and just seeing the acting ability of Kate, uh, what's her name? Not Kate, Ma- Elizabeth Moss and, uh, John Hamm at work. It's just too, it's so good. And, yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> There's nothing yeah. else I can really I, say. I started watching Mad Men and I just, I just lost interest. How far in did you get? Out of curiosity, I don't even think I finished the first season. I think I got like five, six episodes in. 
I mean, it's definitely not not for everybody. I would say if you just want drama and that's it, like you don't need action or anything like that. I like just straight up drama and good writing and dialogue, so it's right up mm. my alley. But it's it's perfect for that kind of thing. Because I mean, when you, you really ever... just look at it very black and white, it's just people talking. Like that's yeah. really all the show is. About, about advertising. Yeah, but it's but if you're into just really well written, well crafted stuff, yeah. it's it's so good. And it's it's very watch... historically accurate for the time period. You ever watch True Detective? I heard I've I have not. I heard the first season is fantastic. first season's first season is fantastic. Can't recommend it more. Second season's eh, but I think the third season is actually really good too. So then there's also um did you ever read the book Sharp Objects? No, but that was made into an HBO show, wasn't it? Yes. Very good. The book is better. The book is better, but I think it's, is it Amy Adams? Is she like the redhead one? I think so, yeah. Phenomenal job, so. Uh, yeah, I, I think, like you said, how we could do a whole episode on the Seattle Kraken, I think we'd do a whole episode on TV shows and shit like that. Too, Without a so. doubt. Dude, I'm going to be starting my own podcast where we're going to talk about literally whatever the fuck, so, yeah. <laughs> so maybe I'll have to do that one of these days. Hell yeah. But uh, All right, so, so yeah. my... You, we good? All right. Good. I think so. Watch the Red Wedding. That's that's my okay. just watch Game right. of Thrones, except the last two seasons. But okay. <laughs> so my question is Oh fuck yeah, we still have your question. Yes. <laughs> if if you had to choose one game show that you know deep down inside you that you could win, what would it be? <sighs> And this is a question uh, submitted by my girlfriend, Allie. So great question, babe. Listen, I'm fucking stupid. So it can't be like. Oh, no, you're not. It can't, no, 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 no. I, I'm smart in some ways, but it can't. It couldn't be like Jeopardy or it something. It doesn't have like to be like Jeopardy. Um, I'm going to go with Wipeout. I think I could kill Wipeout. <laughs> Yeah, you could get through that obstacle course. I actually think that I could could do okay with Wipeout. American Ninja Warrior, no fucking way. Those yeah. people are tanks that do that stuff. But yeah. it's like, listen, I could get across the big red balls, man. I know I could do that. For me, I think it's Family Feud. Oh, that's a good one, too. You know, that I think I could do or, Family Feud. Remember Deal or No Deal? Oh, my God. Deal or no deal. One of the most, one of the best game shows ever. One of the only ones I could actually watch. Dude, like if I could have went on deal or no deal or wheel of fortune, like my life would have been complete. Like back in like third, like mid two thousands, like <laughs> just fucking, oh, I would love that. And I still sometimes will catch myself watching wheel of fortune and or jeopardy. Obviously, there's no more deal or no deal, but Family Feud, when I had my iPod Touch, man, that's all I would play all the time. It was yeah. so much fun. Yep. I, and, I love and, deal or no deal. Um, I didn't even think of Family Feud. That's a great answer, too. I think I could do okay on Family Feud, but uh, I love Jeopardy. There's no way I could ever compete on it. Oh, um, hell no. Uh, but I do love Jeopardy, and uh, rest yeah. in peace, Alex Trebek. Yes, and uh, Aaron Rodgers, you don't deserve the job, so. <laughs> well, anyway, I think that about does it, Cameron, for this episode of 
the third line grinders podcast it seems like we uh maybe went a little longer than we thought but hey oh we certainly good banter did. back good banter back and forth and good questions and we hope you all enjoyed listening and uh we will talk to you guys next week just remember next week the last week of the regular season playoffs are right around the corner the best time of the year baby you know what i can't wait for nick pool party okay that too that's not what i was gonna say (laughs) (laughs) what i was going to say was making another bad take compilation for all of our bad playoff picks that we have oh yes (laughs) yes because yes, I didn't please. get to do that last year, and I really missed out on it. So, oh yeah, hell yeah! Oh, and the Bruins won four nothing. Another shout out for the kid, the sway, the only sway. Okay, I think on that note. <laughs> okay, well on that note, we'll talk to you guys next week.